and this morning we are looking at chapter 3. So we'll, we will read this together, then we'll sing again together, and then we'll, we'll um, think about this passage together after that. Let's read Jonah chapter 3 together. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let him not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Before we think about this passage together, we are going to in common. The first few are very obvious because of their titles. Um, Prince Carl Philip, um, Prince Charles, King Carl Gustav, Prince Louis, um, Henry, Grand Duke of Luxembourg. Well, they're all royals. Yes? Here's another list. We have Kate French, um, Bradley Wiggins, Adam Peaty, Matt Whitlock, Holly Bradshaw. What do all these guys have in common? Yeah, they're all gold Olympic medal winners. Then here's another few. Thomas Keller, Rick Stein, James Martin, Wolfgang Puck. Bobby Flay, they're all chefs, they're all chefs from around the world. Now, if we mix those up a little bit, um, so let's go for Henry Grand Duke of Luxembourg, Holly Bradshaw, Wolfgang Puck, I'll add in myself, Paul Savage. So we've a royal, an Olympian, a chef, and, and a buddy from Portadown. Um, what have all those guys got in common? Maybe not much more, you think, than we're human. But actually, a lot more than we think as we come to Jonah 3. Here's what we all have in common. We all deserve God's judgment, and we all need God's mercy. And that's really what we want to think about from Jonah 3 this morning. As we go way back to 8th century B.C., We ask ourselves, what do the people of Nineveh in the 8th century BC have in common 
with the people of Craigavon in the 21st century today? And the answer is, we deserve God's judgment and we need God's mercy. See, this fact is a great leveler of all people of all time. In Jonah 3, we see that the people of Nineveh, they deserve God's judgment, but yet they received God's mercy. And the main question I want us to think about today is how can we receive the mercy of God? And we see the answer as we look at these people in Nineveh. They needed to hear and then they needed to repent and believe. So let's think about those three things together. Firstly, they needed to hear. We see in verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. If you've been following along with us um, in July, you will know these are the same words from the very beginning of Jonah. Jonah now has been given a second chance to follow God's command and follow him. God could have allowed Jonah to die when he was thrown into the sea and could have called someone else to fulfill his commission. But as we have seen these previous weeks, God does not give up on his people. And so he graciously calls Jonah a second time. And this time, verse 3, Jonah arose and went to Nineveh um, according to the word of the Lord. Now, what message does Jonah bring to the people of Nineveh? Well, he brings a message of God's judgment. We see that from verse 4. Jonah began to go into the city, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. The situation is, reads very similar to the situation in the city of Sodom in Genesis 18 and 19. Because there God said that the sin of Sodom was very grave and the outcry against its people had, had come up before him. And the Lord warns in Genesis that, that he's about to destroy the city, both great and small. In other words, everyone there. But sadly in Genesis, the people did not listen to the warning and the city was destroyed as God saith. And the situation is similar here. God said that the evil of Nineveh had come up before him. And Jonah now brings this warning to the people that God will destroy the people without exception within 40 days. Now, it's never nice to think of judgment. And we don't like to talk about judgment. But of course, warning of judgment is an expression of love. This warning that we bring just the past week in Malal, we have constantly been warning the children. Watch the steps. Watch the road. Don't watch the water. Don't let your arms hang out the window of the bus. Constant warnings to the children. A, a, a good doctor will warn his patient about health so they, in turn, can receive suitable treatment. Spiritually speaking, if the church is 
to be loving, well, they must warn of judgment. We read in the New Testament in Romans chapter 2, God says that, that, that God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will be the judge of every man. Pendulet is maybe not a name that you know, but he is an American magician, and he's also an atheist. He doesn't believe in God. But very interestingly, he writes this about evangelism. He says this. He says, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't evangelize. He says, I don't respect that at all. If you believe in in heaven and judgment and that people could be judged and you think it's not really worth telling them this because it would make socially awkward, he says, how much do you have to hate someone to not evangelize? How much do you have to hate someone to believe everlasting life is possible and then not tell them? So you see, we've got to be honest. And we've got to be loving. Jesus Christ will judge all men. So the people of Nineveh, they heard God's warning through the prophet Jonah. Well, let's see how they responded to this warning. Verse 5, we see the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast. They put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. The New Testament calls people to repent and believe. Uh, And that is just what happened here in Nineveh. So again, let's take each one of these and think about them. Firstly, the people repented. The, the, The talk of fasting and sackcloth all point to this idea of repentance. That, that is, the people, they had a realization of their sin. They had a realization of who God is, and in fact, his right to bring judgment. That their actions show a, a genuine mourning of, of sin against God. Uh, and we see that, that this repentance was from the greatest to the least. We, we see in verse 6 that, the word reached the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne, he removed his robe, and he covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And the king's actions here, they say so much. He rose from his throne, uh, went away from his throne as he realizes a much greater authority. He removed his his robe, a symbol of, of wealth and prestige, and, and replaced it with, with sackcloth, realizing that he had no position or wealth before God. And then he joined the rest of Nineveh in crying out to God for mercy. We're told in verse 7 that he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh, he said, by the decree of the king and his nobles, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, 
But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. It's interesting, it was actually unusual for the king to be called the king of Nineveh. Because to be called the king of Nineveh really undermined his position. He, he was the king of Assyria, something an area much greater. And to call him the king of Nineveh was actually very humbling. And we see in this that even though he was king, here he was just one man in one city who came under the rule of the God of all creation. You see, before God, there was no distinction between the king and average Joe on the street in Nineveh. There was no distinction from the greatest to the least. Everyone deserved God's judgment and everyone needed the mercy of God. Paul makes this very same point in the book of Romans. He says there is no distinction. Why? Because all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. All people of all time have sinned before God. All people of all time deserve his judgment and desperately need his mercy. So the people of Nineveh, they repented. They repented and they believed. We could say they had repentant faith. That is, they turned away from themselves and towards God. Aware of the destruction that was coming to them because of their evil, their only hope of escaping God's judgment was to cry out to God for mercy. And we see that in verse 9. They say, who knows? God may turn and relent, turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Their only hope was that God would be merciful to them. They repented and they turned towards God. Furthermore, we see that they turned from evil and violence. And these actions really show that, that, that their, their repentance and faith was genuine. It was more than just trying to get out of a punishment. Their, their repentance and faith on the inside was beginning to bring a change on the outside. Again, in the book of Romans, we read that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this was the result in Nineveh. We read in verse 10 that when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented from the disaster that he had said he would do to them and he did not do it. It's a remarkable day. An entire city from the greatest to the least were saved from God's judgment. They were changed by the word of God that was brought by Jonah. And it's a huge encouragement um, to us today, to those of us striving to evangelize. As we've gone through Jonah, we've seen that he was no exemplary evangelist. But yet, despite our feelings and evangelism, we can have confidence in the word of God to transform lives. If we want to see life changed and transformed even here in Kurgavan, well, the best thing we can do is to bring the word of God. 
The people of Nineveh, they experienced what we might call mass revival in one day. You see, God had a purpose for that city. And God's purpose always comes to pass. In spite of a reluctant and a rebellious evangelist, God's mercy triumphed. In spite of a wicked and evil city, God's mercy triumphed. Now you may be wondering, how can God be so just and right to just turn away from punishing those who deserve to be punished? Does he just overlook their sin and forget about it? Well, no, he does not. And again, we we look to the book of Romans, and Paul addresses this very issue in Romans 3, of how God can be, be just and also show mercy to sinners. And, and the simple answer to this conundrum, if you like, is faith in Jesus Christ. Paul says in Romans 3 that when Jesus died on the cross, he proved God to be both just in punishing sin and also merciful to sinners. See, when Jesus died on the cross, sin was punished for all those who would put their faith in Jesus Christ. God does not overlook the sins of those who have put their faith in him, but his punishment, his judgment has come upon Jesus instead of us. The cross of Jesus proves that God is just in punishing sin and also justifies his mercy shown to sinners. So to answer our opening question, how can people today who deserve God's judgment, how can they receive God's mercy? And the answer is repent and believe. Recognize your sin before God and believe. Turn away from yourselves, look to Jesus Christ and call out to God for mercy. And when you call to God, his mercy will triumph over your sin. You can know peace with God now and the hope of life forever with him. Let's pray together just now. Loving God, we thank you for your mercy towards us. We thank you that we can look to Jesus Christ and know just how gracious and merciful you have been. We thank you that when Jesus died on the cross, um, sin was punished for all who would put their faith in him. Help us now to understand um, just who Jesus is. Help us to see our own sin. Help us to know our need of him. We pray in Christ's name.